Welcome, welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio, back via the podcast. Thanks, Michaela, there for the news round of, of course, the legendary Ivan Borland. We have Joe Dex here producing, as ever, keeping me right. Good man, uh, Joe. Uh, just from the weekend, we have had have our first uh, intermediate winners in the ladies' football, Kelly Beggs and Eve Wurra faced off in that tie, and Eve Wurra came out on top at 10-7. Eve Wurra now take the trip into Ulster uh, for their intermediate Ulster campaign. That's happening against the Antrim champions on October 14th. We wish them all the best. We had a big weekend, of course, in action uh, in Donegal here. Uh, Championships to be looked over, playoff games, intermediate and senior and now we're on to the quarter-final stage shortly. I'm going to wrap this up with uh, two men who were the best of stuff on the pitch and now the best off it. It is John Gilday and Brendan Kilcoyne. Brendan's here in studio. Brendan, how are you, lad? I'm very good, Brendan. Thank you. We're just getting John on Zoom there. John, how are you, sir? Can we hear you loud and clear? I, I hope so. Hi, Brendan. Hi, <laughs> Brendan and Brendan and Brendan. I just got your volume up there. John, lads, <laughs> great, great to have you with us. Later on the show, we're going to hear from... Uh, Tyrone Legend uh, of course the top man with RTE now it is Enda McGinley he's going to give us a bit of lowdown on the Tyrone Championship the knockout Tyrone Championship uh, the very special one in Ulster the first weekend of it over and of course we'll have to ask him about the small matter of Mickey Hart uh, his club mate and former boss taking over at their friends in uh, Derry but as I say it was a huge weekend of action here in the county uh, many many games uh, on and places up for grabs uh, with our pre-quarter finals and of course we had some relegation playoffs as well uh, Brendan, getting straight into it uh, from the weekend uh, I'm looking at four masters here uh, there, they went down to McCool strange scoreline Brendan, 3-4 to 15 points and we're, we're always there's a question mark over McCool's you know, are they taking the next step, are they not and you don't need to look too far across the man of the match. It it just seems like it's going to be Oz and Gallon, isn't it? Yeah. But listen, for there's something coming before Masters. You know they're definitely building towards something. You know there's a few like decent performances this year, but McCool's also going in the right direction. Yeah, undoubtedly with four Masters, like and I know of myself from involvement with the minors over the last few years, there's some fantastic young players coming through. Now, obviously, they're not going to be ready for another couple of years, but they aren't building nicely, building a good strong squad, very young throughout the field, the likes of Connor Reid. Um, Senan and Senan Carr, uh, Shane Carr's young fellow, yeah. really good footballer was with the minors for years. Yeah, good stock, and you know, so they're definitely coming. But as you mentioned, uh, you know, Ashin Gallon is on fire, is on fire, kind of thing. You know, and we, I, I watched him the first day down against Gidor down Marigallon, and he was just unmarkable. Like you know, they just couldn't handle him, and he seems to be going out and doing that week on week and week. And that's yeah. brilliant for Donegal football. That's what we need. We need Farah fit, and it's great to see him get a run at this, but. They're, they're a very young side and again they've had a lot of minors that have come through over the last few years like Sakeen Mulligan Sean Martin Shane McMenamum you know you're looking at Conor McGinty another really good little player kind of thing so they've a lovely mixture of them young fellas along with Marty Riley Stephen Riley Chad McSorley these type of guys and of course Joel Bradley and the, the, you know the, tw- the twin threat of Joel Bradley and Oisin Gallen is going to be mm. a queer match for any, t- any defence to stand up to you know to have two forwards of that quality so they're definitely making progress and, you know, they're going to be concerned conceding three goals, putting 15 scores on the board against seven and only coming out by a point is concerning mm. for them kind of thing. So that's something they need to look at. I don't. 
Yeah, it's, it certainly looked like they dominated the game, uh, John. But you know, in, in many ways, I suppose McCool's with with Gallen and, and it looks like it's it's not as if he's he's kicking over a few frees and a couple of handy scores. You know, he's kicking over, you know, top top drawer scores in in each game. And and is he going to be enough, John, to to ask the real question that uh, are, are they good enough to to take Glenn Swilly? Well, obviously, yeah, he's he's on such good form. I suppose the only caveat I would say is that, you know, you really now are coming to the business out of the championship. And, you know, as Brendan pointed out, four masters are a very young side. They're inexperienced. They're, and I do agree with Brendan in the sense that I do think they're building something special up there. A lot of young talent coming through. And I think they're a team to watch over the coming years. But I suppose there's a, there's a real, I suppose, disp- you know, difference in, in meeting a four masters team that's coming versus a Glen Swally team with a lot of old dogs for the hard road. And, you know, I was just laughing in my head earlier on when yeah, somebody said, you know, who's going to be able to mark Oshin Gallon? I don't know if they'll be able to mark him, but he'll have plenty of marks on him come Sunday. <laughs> um, one way or another, because you and I know that Glen Swally are a very hardened championship team with great pedigree. They know how to win championship games. They'll have men that'll, you know, get in around him. And I think it's a very, very good test for Oshin because he's becoming the focal point. Any team that's going to play them right now is going to have to have a special plan in place for Oshin. Um, and I know he's surrounded by, by talented players, but he's taken on the, the real focal point for the team. And that's good for, for Donegal. And Michael Murphy for 15 years carried that mantle. And I suppose people are looking at Oshin as, an, you know, as a man to take over that mantle from Michael. And it's interesting enough that They'll be playing an opposite end of the parks, and it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Mm, well, well, indeed, and you know, I've seen Ashen play out the field as well. Brian, you know, Michael had that ability to basically play everywhere. Yeah, but like Ashen has that talent as well. He he he's a tall, he's a ball one or two. Like I remember a couple of seasons ago watching him in under twenty one final against St Unans, and he was playing midfield there, and he he looked like a just a natural midfielder. You know, he he has all the skills. You know, obviously, injuries has 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 curtailed. Probably the brilliance, but from the get go, man, like maybe his debut, Crow Park, the four points, and you just thought that this lad's something special. And we've always seen bits and pieces of it, but regularly now in club, every time I look, like he's 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 hitting some 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 serious scoring charts, and you know whether that's enough, you know, if Bradley Walsh is enough to back him up. Do you agree with John that Glen Swilly still are that kind of battle hardened? Team. Yeah, I, I, I like this Glen Swilly team is coming through, Brendan, you know, and obviously Michael, having Michael full-time is a big help for them, but you look at their midfield too, you look at Morgan and Marley, like they're two big guys, they're two guys that can win their own ball around the middle of the park, and they've brought in a couple of great defenders like so Jack and Donald Gallagher have, you know, come into their defence, you know, I know the last day in Ward, you know, he's retired, he's playing a bit of reserve, I think now, and he was the main, he was the key man for Glen Swilly yeah. when they were winning championships at full-back, because it was a problem area. But he solved that for them. But now they've brought through these two Gallagher lads. Jake Kelly is there. And, you know, they are building again. So they are. Michael still has plenty of years of club football in him. So I think they're going to be a feature. I think they are tough. And I tell, I'll tell you, I always said it. If Glen Swilly get to the last, to the quarters, they're going to be hard beat because they will grind it out with any team. So they will. And, they're, you know, I expect them probably to have too much for McCool's at the weekend. Um, and it's just their noose and their know-how how to win these games they have a great understanding of that and they have a sprinkling of experienced players like Mike, Michael and Copper and Keelan Kelly and these type of guys that you know have been there done that and that's a big help for them other young fellows within the squad Yeah, yeah. You agree with that John Parrick Bonner's doing a, doing a good job uh, there with you know the like it's been a tough time for Glenn Fan, very tough season of course and the, the, the recent news as, as well there's 
it's been a real, uh, I suppose, tight time for everybody involved with the club. Your heart would go out to them, but Glenn Swilly kind of controlling the game and and really, you know, looking at we've got these differences in sides, uh, John, but certainly Glenn Swilly are are on the way up, and they have too much ability all around the park uh, currently for Glen Finn. Yeah, I know, and I think that you know it was a fairly predictable result. I know they were trying to talk up the the local rivalry, etc. But they're just in different places in their development right now. Um, and you know, I, I watched them up in Glenties against Neil Connell. They give a very good account to themselves for for large parts of that game. They kind of faded in and out of it at times. Probably left it disappointed that you know they had a lot of the hard work done. There were six or seven points up at one stage, and probably against any other team in the county, maybe apart. Apart from St. Unions and Neve Connell, they probably would have got a result there. Um, but no, they're building that result in Glenties may stand them because they will have learned much more from that um, and where their vulnerabilities are and where their weaknesses are versus some of the teams they played earlier where they were one uncomfortable enough. So building, always a dangerous side, no lack of confidence out there when it comes to championship football. So they'll definitely be in the picture. And I think, you know, come Sunday or Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it's on, they'll they'll have too much um, overall from McCool's. But it's still a very intriguing battle because both of them will feel that they got a good draw. Um, and when you go into a, a championship match feeling you've got a good draw and you have a real shot at it, um, and McCool's won't come up just to lie down, and if Oshin has one of those days where he's kicking points for fun, then it could make for a very interesting day all round. But uh, overall, on the grand scheme of things, you would expect maybe Glenn Swally would have too much at this stage. Yeah, yeah, certainly because I suppose we've went out to a lot of the, what we would all call the top four teams the last few years. Now, now Glenn Swally are, are pushing to get in there, but there might be that bit closer in that this could be a game. It's certainly fascinating stuff. They're, they're, tell me, are Draclaw and Ely... See that one coming? Absolutely Double not. Scores. I mean, Clonely yeah. were, were favourites yeah. uh, going down its light. Uh, I think, you know, unbelievable stuff. I mean, what a performance by, from Carl Joseph Malloy. You know, we're, we're, I keep yeah. looking at different names. You mentioned Marty there. Yeah. Players like Young Malloy, you're thinking, I'm thinking of Jim coming in now and, and people are saying about the, the, the talent pool and that. What a performance uh, from him. 1-8 and, and, you know, in a game that was very hard to call, maybe slightly leaning towards Clahanili, who who had a decent season, running up this in Ardra had, you know, a couple of performances and a couple of performances where things went against him. But listen, Damien Devaney pulled things together and here they are in the quarter final. Big time, yeah. And, you know, we watched them out in the park against St. Junas. They were very disappointing that day. And Conor Morrison was actually mar- marking Carl Joseph that day, so he was. And, but there was no service of ball coming into him, so he couldn't do anything. So, so that's why the, you know the, getting the service of ball into someone like KJ is is so important. And yeah. he's a know, player you know well. Obviously, he is, yeah, he? yeah. He was with us with the minors there a couple of years. He scored a phenomenal goal in the Ulster minor final a couple of years ago, soccer style, drilled it from thirty yards out of nothing into the back of the net. And he has a great talent. But you know what he also has? He's a brilliant attitude. So he has. He wants to be a footballer. He wants to play for Donegal. And when you've that kind of mentality you're going to push on and I'm delighted to see that he is pushing on but it's going to take a huge effort from our draft so it is you know they're, they're, they're probably in their development it's their first opportunity to get to a semi-final in a long time and we know back, Brendan going back to our times you know we had some queer battles with them down through That's the right. years and you know great club brilliant club down there and everything so it's good to see them back in the quarterfinals they're normally in the relegation playoffs over the last number of years so it's great to see them back and you know, Gidor have a couple of problems in that Neil McGee went off with a hamstring injury and I think Michal Carroll went off early mm. too and their availability will have a big say in and I think our drag can approach this game with a lot of confidence 
based on their their superb victory over Clahanili that none of us saw mm. coming and to be fair like you know so be really interesting game so it will and you know two two powerhouses of Donegal GA come going at it yeah they'll take t- great heart from it Brendan see just as it been a, a previous manager to the likes of Carl Joseph watching him in a game where he doesn't get much service in that, that that's getting a hard thing to watch even though it was against St. Unions I, I know what you mean you have a very talented guy inside if you get him the ball and have him in the game you know, it's always a tough thing when you have someone of that ability and they're really not in the match, and then you see him shine in another game. I guess you know you would have ties to the all these yes. young lads that you're bringing through. Yeah, and you, you do. You build up a great affinity with them when you've worked with them for a couple of years. So I've met Carol for two years into the minor squad, and you know, as I say, a great lad. And it was, you know, I was disappointed for him that day because I was looking forward to seeing him playing because I I knew he'd been playing well. I'd been following their progress all year, and I knew he'd been playing well. But he just didn't get any service. They were just cleaned out with the middle third. They didn't. Their kick out strategy. Gareth Conker was in goals, and he just struggled getting kick outs out away to his own teammates. And you know, for that reason, they struggled. And Unions were just too strong on the day. But to show the bounce back ability that they've done, so to beat Clahanili and to get into the last eight is a is a great sign of the character that they have. And you know, as I say, they're going to take great hope out of that. So they are. Yeah, your neighbours, uh, John. What, what are you? What are you making of this? Is there some some players coming coming through that that's going to stabilise them? I suppose, but but but, but compared with Neve Connell, this last number of years have just been uh, you know producing players after players. Our draft didn't seem to be doing that. They were always struggling, but maybe on the way back. Yeah, and I think listen, they're a great club, and as you well know, some great people down there always have been. And, you know, as Brendan rightly pointed out, when we were all trudging along and, and flying the flag, you know, you came across Ardra and Ardra had the beaten the bus nine times out of ten in most days. Um, and that's completely flipped on, on its head over the last 15 years. And I know that's been hard for Ardra people to take because now, you know, they were the noisy neighbours for long enough and you can imagine a lot of the Lenty lads now are making equally as much noise over the last 15 or 20 years. So it's great, it's great to see them on, on the road back again. I suppose I had a different opinion on it. I thought Clohanili maybe were t- talked up a little bit too much um, in the sense that I've seen them maybe in the championship, well, I don't know if it was last year, the year before against St. Unions, and they were very, very poor. And I think there was a lot read into that St. Unions result. And we all know if there's one team in the county that can put you to the sword like nobody else, St. Unions, and they get a run on you, or the Kenny team and can put 20 points on you and you don't know what happened. Um, so... I think pride alone, and they're a very proud club, and they're a very proud town. What it meant that they had really a lot of soul searching for the week, and deep down, I thought there was there wasn't a situation where Clonmel should have been as made favourites as as much as they were, because I thought there was always going to be a kick, and there was a real kick. And I, I think it's interesting now that you're <clears throat> you and Brendan are, are pointing out how valuable midfielders are, considering you had no regard for midfielders when you were playing at all <laughs> and you guys took all the glory uh, it's interesting now that no matter how good you are inside you do need midfielders to be able to give you the ball that's true that's true I, I still think number six would have been your ultimate position but um, <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll have to dream up that one another time uh, uh, John uh, lads we just mentioned Gidor uh, the, there obviously them and Dunlow we interview here with, with Niall Friel after the game Ryan Ferry caught up with him after their one point victory over Dunlow Niall, you came through by a point. It was terrible weather conditions here in Falcara, but you aged through. It must be a great feeling to be into the quarterfinals of Donegal Senior Championship. Yeah, uh, great now. Um, I think we knew from the start of the week there was going to be a bad forecast and it played out that way. Any day you come away from Falcara against Dunlow in a tight northwest battle, uh, you're, you're happy. Um, as again, I think the team has done well in the conditions and we're just happy enough to come through with a one point victory. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they scored a goal late uh, in the first half in the 27th minute from Ryan Green but you got two points after that how important was that in, in the victory to make sure you went in a point up at half time yeah very important I think with the, the way the wind was going it favoured Dunlow in the second half so it was very important we got the even draw if we were not draw we were happy but we got that point then just to kind of settle ourselves and then the second half then we just knew against that breeze and the, them goals very hard to shoot into was in our terms we just kind of controlled the game and I think that's what we've done yeah. Dunlow did come powering back into the match they drew level and Cahill de Burke at one stage made a very important block from uh, I think it was Darren Curl, which would have put Dunlow into the lead and a team in, the, in front in that kind of conditions it would, it would have been hard to claw it back I don't know came strong there with Danny's kick outs he he's hitting the far 45 and they got a few scores off and as you said young Cahill de Burke came in there done a great block Um I think if the load did go ahead, you know, I don't think we would have pegged them back. The momentum we had with them, but I think that block then just gave them momentum, and then uh, the old man Eamon Geese set up and first had it over the bar for us. So uh, Eamon's bragging in there; he's happy out. So the the draw for the quarterfinals has just been made. You've been paired against Ardra, who had a great win over over uh yesterday. What do you make of that draw? I suppose it's a senior quarterfinal. Um, I think our draw made late work at Clonely yesterday. Um, wasn't that a run, but all one by accounts made late work with them. We kind of struggled a bit Clonely way, so it just shows another our draw or series outfit. Um, they seem to be clicking at the right time. I suppose these last couple of years they've been down near the relegation senior, so they might be looking at now just have a shot at Gidor and um, they'll be happy out. They've probably got us as well, so uh, it'll be interesting now leading up and just kind of do a bit of work on them and they'll be doing the same with us, I suppose. Yeah, and a short turnaround, but the one you'll look forward to. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping now we get a few knocks cleared up. That's what you want to do. Um, even that two week break there, it's long sitting about the house and trading and stuff. Uh, I think every player just wants to play games. We didn't reach the top four, but I think the top four as well, they'll be mad to get out. So, um, no, a game is what you want, but just it is unfortunate if you pick up a knock, you kind of miss it. But I think as if most players in the club there at the county just want to play games. Yeah, Neil Freel there. Thanks, of course, uh, Ryan Ferry picking up and The old man, Eamon McGee. John, what do you think? <laughs> McGee comes up with a good bit. Listen, that's a, that was the back to back championship game. Of course, they were the last uh, side they met each other. I was down at that game. Uh, Gidor narrowly coming through. And again, John, is that a wee bit of Dunlower are obviously back in the senior and stabilising? And, and and certainly, you know, Desi Gallagher's got them playing decent football, well organised. Gidor maybe are dropping down a bit, which has evened up the the championship fair here because that was a tight game. Yeah, no, I think it's a combination of both. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Gidor have come back to the pack, you know, from four or five years ago when, you know, they had that amazing run and, and they were the team to beat. Um, I, I don't know if they've ever really recovered from that saga that they had with Glenties over the over the three matches and, and it, was a, it was a bitter pill for them to swallow and since then it's year on year they've gone off the boil a little bit more and I suppose the the reality is some of their better players are, are getting on I think he was aiming what is he 37, 38 right now and he's the man that's 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 pulling you out of the fire so um, you know good result for Gidor Dunlow will be very encouraged by the performance they'll be disappointed in one sense in the sense that you know, Gidor were probably there to be taken and I'm sure they're looking at chances they should have taken and, and maybe put them to the sword. But again, after, you know, one of the intermediate coming up, they're stabilising, they're going well, they're building. And again, a very proud, a bit like Ardra, you know, back in the day, a very proud club, um, a lot of history, some amazing, talented players that have come out of that club. And, uh, you know, they're building a new crop right now. Um, and I think the format for the championship has suited them. It's allowed them to play championship games at a high level against good teams, which is always good for younger players in their development. And they'll be very encouraged by the way things this went this year. And, um, you know, they'll be a force to be reckoned with as they continue their development. But Gidor seem to have come back a little bit to the pack. 
Mm. Um, and Ardra, you know, will fancy their chances. They're on a high. They have nothing to lose. Nobody's going to give them any chance of beating Gidor. And they're young and they're fresh and they're full of running. And as you both well know, when you get to a stage in your career and, you know, you may have been there and done that for a long period of time and you come across a young fellow that's mad to run all day, it's just not the most pleasant experience in the world. So I wouldn't write our draft totally off in this one. Yeah, interesting stuff. We, we talked there, Ben, about the likes of Michal Carl, you know, an integral player for them again, another man I think could, could do a job for Donegal. Losing him and Neil McGee's experience, of course, Daryl Boyle's back in from yeah. his travels. He must have been training hard on the beach because he was he was the main man uh, driving, and we've seen him do it with Donegal uh, last year. He's some brilliant performances with Donegal, but if him back in there, there was talk of Keane Mulligan come back. I don't think he is going to come back in. So Gador have lost. I suppose it, it's unfair that they haven't dropped out that a top pack uh, uh, with the players that they have. They've lost. You know, it's been a tough one for McNeilis coming in this year. A lot of players uh, not available to him. So. They're doing what they need to do, Bren, but they certainly, you're still thinking they're a bit off, maybe that uh, top tier where they were, which would leave them open to, you know, someone taking a scalp in this in, 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 from them in this championship. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think the key here for, for, for McGee Door point of view is the fitness level or the fitness and availability of Neil McGee and Michal Carroll. Michal Carroll is a superb athlete. He can drive them through the middle of the field and he came on. That did on Maher Gallen against uh, McCool's and he really took control of the game and he's a superb footballer. We know the engine that he has in the middle of the field but to have Darrow Boyle back is obviously a huge lift for them because they're missing, they were missing him and Norm McFadden Ferry, Keane Mulligan going away and you know they're all blows to take so they are. They're all top, top players to be, you know, not to have available. So I just feel that there's no doubt about it they're not at the level that they were at a few years ago they definitely have backed off off from that level and that was a phenomenal level and it was a brilliant run it was great to follow them through that run so it was but the, the, you know you, you, you had Niall Freel on there Niall Freel is a fantastic leader so he yeah. is anytime you see him play he's driving them forward from the half back line etc but it's but John's right this is going to be a tough game for them our dry are going to come in they're going to feel that they're going been written off that no one gives them a chance they're going to feel, you know, that already their year has been relatively success. So this, see, this is a huge opportunity to get to a semi-final. And I think going back to the key, the availability of them two key players is going to be fundamental or it's going to be fundamental to Gidor's chances to progress in the championship. Yeah, interesting. John, of course, the big the big one that everyone's looking at, the most mouth-watering of the lot is Kilkar, Neve Connell. Uh, some some of uh, what, what uh, the, the Neve Connell faithful is thinking about this one because... Kilcar are almost coming in, uh, I'm not saying under the radar, but they've, as we said, we keep trying to say who's favourites for this championship and, and Kilcar are in a small group behind them, but certainly uh, they're going to take a lot of beating in this uh, quarter final. Yeah, no, listen, it's, it's, I suppose it's the big draw and, and from an Eve Connell perspective, we'd probably rather avoid them. There, there was potentially much easier quarter final draws than this one. Um, and like there, there's a lot of history between the clubs. There, you know, there's the there's the contested county final from a couple of years ago. Um, there's never been much between the teams. We played in a couple of league finals. It's been touch and go. I don't see it being any other way because again, the way Neve Connell play, Neve Connell will never do what St. Unions did Tardra in the sense that you know if they get on top of you, they still play the same game. They grind it out. Um, but they're like they've been very experienced. They're very efficient at what they do. There's question marks over Kilcar um, as regards what happens if you shut Patrick McBurty down. 
Um, now that's easier said than done. It's a bit like Oshin Gallon. How, how do you shut him down? So if Neve Connell can shut Patrick down, um, then that's going to go a long way to deciding this tie. But it's a very intriguing tie. Two, you know, Southwest clubs. Both of them have been in the so-called top four for the last five or six years. Um, and again, no love lost between them in the sense for, for various different reasons. So very intriguing tie, I suppose, on performances. You know, Neil Connell probably going as favourites. They probably had maybe harder games to a certain extent. The, the Union's game has definitely stood them in good stead. The Glen Swally game, again, was a major test for them. I know Kilcar were well tested by McCool's the last day out. Um, so very intriguing game. Uh, but John, is there something is there something good for Neve Connell around? I know they had the Union's test, but obviously you had you know you had a bit of I suppose a comfort in that it wasn't do or day. Is is there something in this that you know you think right? If we beat Kilcar, you can really say you know there's we we have a high chance of winning the championship. Is it an important game? I suppose in terms of learning where where you're at. I mean, whatever team comes through that would really fancy their chances of of winning it. Yeah, but I don't think that's in the psyche of the Neve Connell team. Um, you know, they take every game, game by game, every minute, minute by minute, to a certain extent. And it's not that they need, to, given the level of success they've had over the last 15, 16 years and the amount of battles they've had in any given day, they don't need to beat any certain team at any given time to give them that level of confidence or motivation. They they very much know what they're about. They will see Kilcara as a very major challenge, like everybody else in the quarterfinals right now, and they're just very focused on getting their own performance right. They haven't been firing on all cylinders. If we, as a club, if we give Kilcar the kind of the kind of start that St. Unan's had, or the kind of start that um, Glen Swally had, then it's going to be a real uphill battle. But you know, if they get on point, cut out the silly mistakes, giving away the bad goals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are able to shut Patrick McBurdy down. Then it's going to be this is going to be a real battle. No matter what the story is, it'll be a real battle. That's the history between these two sides. But they'll go in with they've come again with a level of confidence that they've been there before. They know how to win games. I don't think much is going to change from their perspective. It'll be interesting to see how Kilcar adapt and how they're going to take on the Connell because that's the that, I suppose that's the the quandary that everybody has when it comes to the championship. Yeah. Do you change your own game to deal with the way Neil Connell play? Because Neil Connell are going to play the way they're going to play and it doesn't matter who they play or how they play, they're just going to do what they do. And it's always interesting to see how other teams adapt and are able to deal with that type of intensity that they bring. And they are the masters at it, there's no doubt in it, going for six finals in a row, Brent. Another team that plays against say Rua, you know, they're very much they're playing in that kind of mould. They want to stay in games and, and make sure that they... They grew in the games and they're fairly grown into this championship. Where where do you see them lying? What's in Unions? Like, is John saying, is it a matter of Unions going down trying to break down this shield? If they get on top of them, they could be in trouble. Is is that how you see this game uh, turning out? Listen, it's difficult. Aru have made great progress and they've had a great run win in their four group games, so they have finished on top of the top of the league in that respect. But I think just St. Unions strength and depth. I think the same with Nave Connell, just their strength and depth. The fact that they're able to introduce you know, real quality players off the bench with 15, 20 to go that win games for you. And, you know, if you go back to the inter-county season, we saw how crucial that was for the likes of Dublin and Kerry to get these guys off the bench to be able to make a huge impact on a game when they come into it. So I just feel that St. Junans probably will have too much for Aru. This is a real asset test for Aru on Sunday. And, you know, they're again, they're a club that are making progress. John McNulty is down there. They've a, they're in great shape. They're they're on the crest of a wave down there. And again, it's good to see the likes of Aru back competing at the top table and Donegal senior football because, you know, for so long they were there and they kind of disappeared off the scene then for a number of years. So 
Uh, this is a big ask for them coming up against the St. Junan's team that, you know, are many people's fancy along with Nave Connell to go the whole way kind of thing. So I think it might be a step too far for Airua, but it's a big test for them to see where they are, how they've progressed since the last met St. Yeah. Junan's a couple of years ago and, uh, in this stage of the championship kind of thing. So, you know, we'll know more after Sunday. Um, they, y- you might say, apart from the Guidor challenge, that they had a comfortable enough run through the... They'll play very defensive, we know that kind of thing. So I think Unions will find a way to break them down and that could disrupt the Airua pattern. Yeah, yeah. Lessons fascinating, all of them. I mean, there's, there's something to be said in every one of these games, which is showing you there's a bit of a change in nature in, in the senior football. Uh, one team that is going to be in the senior football next year, St. Michael's, of course, they defeated Milford at the weekend and Michael Lankin inspired St. Michael's uh, to put Milford and St. Dawes down to that last relegation game. And that immediate, of course, goals was the order of the day. The teams that outgoaled their opposition came through and uh, Terman, Bobby Begillian had a couple of goals for them in their uh, uh, victory. They march into the semi-final. They're playing Downings. Fanned Gills keep surprising the pack 113-14 uh, to 14 over Boncrana Mallon accounting for Bundoran again 2-9 to 10 points and goals John win games is the obvious thing but an intermediate there it's uh, every side the opposition not registering a three pointer and the difference in Downing's beating Red Hughes and, and Mallon overcoming Bundoran Fanad beating Boncrana and of course Terman beating Columba was all about hitting the back of the net Did I lose John there? Yeah, I've lost John. <laughs> you yeah, listen, you know, it's a great point. And, you know, you just look at this Terraman team, the, the youth, the whole way through with Brendan, like they really, and I'm looking forward to maybe seeing them at some stage because yeah, I know a lot of them again kind of thing. But it's a changed team from the Terraman team we would have known in the past. A lot of good young players coming through. Whether they have enough experience and maturity to go all the way will be the interesting question. As you mentioned, like, you know, Fanad are taking out, they've taken out a couple of big guns now, yeah. and a couple of big wins for them, and, you know, people are beginning to take notice of them, so they are definitely. Um, Bundorn getting beat was somewhat of a surprise, as was maybe Bunkrana, but full kudos to, you know, Downings and Malin. Malin are, Malin are seemingly yeah. going there along nicely to the Fildaras and O'Neill lads and these guys, and, when they get ahead of steam up, so they are, you know, we, we, we had a few battles with them ourselves down through the years. They can be quite, quite, quite a force, so they can too. So really open championship, hard to pick a winner in it, Brendan, really. Yeah, it is hard to pick a winner, Brendan. It's going down, going to go down the wire. Some fascinating uh, games in there, as you say, Malin, after, after last season, really coming in this championship, looking to prove a point. And they're down to the last four now. We will be getting further updates in this championship as time goes on but for now we're going to leave the senior championship and after the break I'm going to talk to as I say Enda McGinley who's going to give us a lowdown on the Tyrone championship and of course the appointment of Derry of the one and only Mickey Hart Yes, welcome back again to the DL debate we're wrapping up all the weekend's action now I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Enda McGinley former Tyrone star now of course top pundit you see him on your TV screens, giving, the, giving us the lowdown on, on the football championship. He's here on the DL debate this evening. How are you, Enda? I'm good, Brendan. I'm good. Just escaping from the glories of a family weekday evening, you know, yourself. Oh, good man. You're, you're on a wee covered somewhere, are you? <laughs> Hiding out. <laughs> Door locked and hopefully social services don't become aware of the situation. But yeah, all good, all good. Good man, Enda, good man. Enda, listen, before we get on, I was going to just catch up about the Throne Championships there at the weekend kicking off. But the news last week about your former boss, of course, club mate, 
Mickey Hart taking over, uh, you know, your big rivals in Derry. What, what was your first reaction uh, on this end? Of, did it come out of left field or had you heard any rumours on this? Completely left field, to be honest. I was down at a meeting in Crook Park and the rumour went round the table and I just said, no, I couldn't see it, couldn't <laughs> yeah, see yeah. it. And then a bit more chatting then, the more the, the phones kept buzzing away in the middle of this meeting and you realised something was going down. Yes. Uh, so, look, surprising and then it's, it's one of those classic things, surprising absolutely. And then the more you think about it, the more you... Twist it over in your head. There's there's plenty of ways that it makes sense. You have to feel for Louth. That's a, a serious sucker punch. And the fact that he had agreed the two additional years, I think that all sort of makes it raise plenty of eyebrows. But at the same stage, uh, everybody knows it's very, very clear cut why he's going there. Uh, and I think that just turns up the heat lovely with all the other managerial appointments in, in Ulster, no, none less than Donegal. Uh, it's it's leading to a very fascinating Ulster situation next year. Yeah, fascinating. And there's so much in that, you know, when you talk about the different managers that are going to be uh, on the line against each other and the history that's behind it. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, when you think about it there, and then someone from Tyrone was talking there because our automatic reaction is here that Tyrone and Derry have probably won the, let's say, deepest rivalries. We'll call it that in Ulster. Mm-hmm. But, but, but there was a guy on from Tyrone saying that you've got to remember Tyrone are bordering a lot of places and where you are, of course, up in, up in uh, Errigal Cairn, that it's not necessarily maybe... The, the divide with Derry that some people think it might be. Would you would you agree with that or what what's your take on that? Uh, Derry, I suppose growing up, going to the matches in Clonus during the nineties, Derry was the first big one for me as a as as a child. So that certainly stays with you. Uh, but it does, it varies around the county and it was always like within the drone camp within training, you'd have various fellas coming into various games and they would take over about how this one is the big one and you'd have the Moy or Eglish fellas coming in against Armagh and Everton was about beating Armagh. You'd have the Lock Shore boys and Everton was about beating Derry. You'd have the Ahayarn and North Throne men then and they couldn't stand uh, the likes of Donegal <laughs> or Derry, depending where you're from <laughs> down with us. We're just over the way from, from Monaghan. Uh, so it all feeds into that sort of yeah. anybody but their own type narrative that that, that, that we know is out there. <laughs> uh, but certainly within Tyrone, it is there's a geographical spread but the rivalry then changes with whatever team is really going at in a couple of big meetings. So it was Throne Derry in the 90s, definitely. It was Throne Armagh in the noughties. Throne Donegal really took over after that, uh, to be fair. And now it's sort of wheeling round. Well, you can pick almost any of them as, as rivals at the minute, but I suppose Derry is the top gun. Throne and Derry didn't meet last year in the championship. Uh, and I think that will be a, a, a big one when it does happen. It was going to be a massive one anyway. But now I think with the Mickey Hart factor, it'll certainly add a, add plenty more space. Yeah. And then you more or less said in, in, in your opening remarks there that, listen, there's one reason he's going there. I mean, Derry, so close to an All-Ireland final last year, Hart's experience in that realm. He obviously did a fantastic job at Louth, and you're right, you'd feel for them because he's given them such a lift. He had such a present there uh, himself in Devlin that to, to for them to lose him now, I mean, how do you replace him? But I mean... That's done, but from from a Derry perspective, the way Derry play and the way Hart sets up his teams, can can you see tactically? Uh, do you think it's just a fit that'll suit 
in terms of how Hart will shape this dairy side, something similar. And what he's really there for, and what you kind of, uh, what you were kind of saying in your statement, is has know how to take the team to All Ireland final and possibly win it. Maybe that is as much as anything why he's in there. Yeah, it's it's a very clear statement, isn't it? Like, and, and for you, you know yourself, like Donegal experience with with. Jimmy McGuinness, whenever a manager came in with very strongly held beliefs about heading for the very top and how that sort of bond binded together the team and everybody then had that unity of of purpose and suddenly a real deep sense of belief that we are on a special mission here and there's only one destination is going to satisfy that. The Derry players, certainly, they've come up obviously through the ranks. Their their story of on the rise over the past four years is is remarkable. And they definitely, this year, they felt they had entered into the All-Ireland conversation and were deeply disappointed about that loss to Kerry. You could, you could sense that with them and they, they, they sensed that they could win the All-Ireland. Now, we've all been there. That, that initial sense of a team, OK, we, we, we can actually win the, the All-Ireland. It's almost like a surprise. there's a sense of a surprise. There's a sense of, oh, oh my God, this, that we, we could do this. Whereas now, with the Mickey Hart appointment, He's going there for one reason, one reason only. And somebody of Mickey Hart's elk joining up with a team like Derry tells all those Derry players, well, he obviously sees an Ireland in us. This suddenly gets very, very real. Uh, and so that's their target. There's no doubt about that. He will bring a lot of know-how. The tactical situation will be fascinating. Rory Gallard introduced a very, very different, unique type of attack and style where there was four or five men pushed up inside the 21. Mickey hadn't done that with any of his teams, but plenty of other teams were starting to sort of look at it and starting to experiment at it and could see the value in it because it really does mess about with the opposition shape and create a wee bit more space. And the, it seemed to really suit the dairy players. So I, I don't think he'll 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 be ripping that up. I think there's there's plenty of fear that he he's going to change them away from that style that people quite liked watching. Uh, I think what he will do, his biggest challenge will be to strengthen that panel because for Derry, the run through Division 1 this year is a much bigger test for them than the run through Division 2. And I don't think you can survive that run through Division 1 and still be in good shape and being able to peak for the championship the way Derry will need to mm. if they are going flat to the mat with the same 15, 16, 17 players every single day of the week in huge Division 1 ties every every single week. Uh, so his, his big thing, he has to strengthen that panel uh, and and see where that brings him. He's obviously got good young talent coming through from Derry, but he probably needs a few more players that are more ready to go than players that'll take one or two years, maybe. Yeah, and just a wee side note, just before we go off this, um, and uh, Devlin in there, highly regarded as a coach, you know, coach with Schlock Neil, of course. Would that a bit of a bearing or will that make the transition a bit easier if you've got a group of guys in there that's saying, listen, you know, the, the, this guy's a great coach coming in as well, that, that we can go to the next level under uh, Hart and Devon? Yeah, Gavin's massive factor in that. Uh, some like Obviously, the point like this, there's 101 rumours going about. I heard one rumour the day that it was actually Gavin that they wanted, but but Gavin wouldn't go without <laughs> Mickey. Now, whatever truth in that, I don't know. But certainly, Gavin, he's managed three different actually clubs in Derry. His first management job that he took on when he was very young, only sort of mid-30s, was in Derry. He then managed Balahi, and then he was with Slough And in all those clubs, he, he was really well regarded. 
So he is very highly thought of. Chris McKaig is working with him. He's taking our bow at the minute uh, in the Throne Club Championship. And Chris McKaig is in there working with him as, as, as a coach as well. So again, this is very much... Uh, you'd imagine that is the most likely route that this sort of surprising turn of events has has come about. Uh, but yes, massively highly regarded is a superb coach. Like we all know what Mickey Hart thinks of him. We know what the loud fellas all thought of him too. Again, they couldn't speak highly enough of him. So he's going in there now. He's big shoes to fill. Uh, Gallagher and Mina were exceptionally well thought of too. And Enda Muldoon was within that setup too. Peter Hughes was there. So th- they had an excellent setup there's no doubt about that but horse is a very unique sort of character very unique way of going on brilliant at bonding with players has an infectious personality really when he's around the team and a superb way of thinking about the game so look make no bones about it they've they've got top top manager in terms of experience and know-how and just his belief that he'll bring to them but a superb coach in in gavin devil yeah and 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 I just got into the Tyrone setup. Just looking at the, you know, you mentioned there the likes of Devlin and me, Chrissy McGavin, Art Bow. You know, some of the coaching teams in there, like Paul McGaver and Ryan McMenamin and Major Moore and Mina, of course, you, you mentioned there as well. Luke mm-hmm. Barrett, I think, is up with Locke McCrory, is it there? They, yeah. they're in, they, like, I'm just looking around. Conleith Gilligan, the huge win over Carrick Moore, probably the surprise, the, or the biggest result of the first round, and, probably. And dark, you've you've, got, you've got county managements around all your clubs. I mean, it mm-hmm. is a fact now, the Weller, I think, played a bit of a part. Your own your own guys, champions, of course, got it off to a good start against Kelly Clower. But w- was it a bit more tactical at the weekend than you expected? It seemed to be the feeling that it was getting through from the games. But as I say, the Weller could have played a part in that. Weather in just the first round, the first round's notorious in Throne. It does tend to be quite cagey. Teams are out. It's just because it's all or nothing. You have so much on the line. And then the nature of the modern game anyway, there is that caginess to it. Uh, and then the conditions really played, certainly from the ones on Saturday and, and particularly on Sunday, the, the conditions had a massive bearing on, on things. like the, the They were absolutely brutal, to be fair. Uh, so, yes, you, you will tend to see that. And to be honest, that caginess doesn't really lift th- throughout the championship. Like, it'll still, games will still be very, very cagey. All the teams are very well coached, as you pointed out, like really, really top level managers right across the clubs and not just the managers but the entire coaching setups that surround these it is so close to county level like it's it's essentially division four division three type county setups is is what lots of clubs in Toronto are running with it is it is quite phenomenal you can query the the right or wrong in the greater scheme of things from from the amount of money clubs are having to pump into it but there's a huge pride and the, the, the top senior teams in those teams. And you see it throughout the league, in fairness. I think that's why the league is so high quality. Whenever you put in these top sort of management setups around a team, them men do not want to be associated with anything other than success. They're all trying to work on their own reputations. They're all trying to achieve. And they're not taking that level of post and that level of pressure uh, for anything other than, than to be successful in it. So when you have so many teams with good setups, that's going to create a very, very tight environment where margins and tactical astuteness in terms of how teams are playing and that sort of very steady, controlled type of modern football that we know so well and can talk about so much, not maybe particularly enjoy at times, that does tend to be the order of the day. But as ever, then the football will tend to break out 
later on in games whenever it really starts going down to the wire then you start to see the football sort of breaking out a wee bit more Yeah and it's phenomenal you're mentioning there the, the, the teams I don't know any county that has that type of talent coaching the teams you know it just shows you the championship that's happening there you know look already obviously Oma are out Kilclaher are out Galbally you know, you mentioned Kerry Moore there, but was that was that the, uh, Lenny the... Lenny Harbinson was over Oma as well. Lenny Harbinson yeah. and Kevin Brady. That's yeah. right. Was it was that Eden Dark, of course, you know, coming up and pulling out a performance again? Like was that the, the biggest uh, shock of the weekend? And what, what what in your mind stood out for you? It 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 was because Ergil obviously it was Carrick Moore that Ergil had beaten last year's county final, uh, and then they rejigged their management setup a wee bit. Stevie O'Neill had joined up with with Archie Beatty within it, uh, and they had an extensive backroom team uh, uh, as well. A really good young team. I seen them in a league game up against Ergil actually about three weeks out from the championship, and it was an absolute cracker of a game of football, and they were moving very well that night. So Carrick Moore certainly would have viewed themselves and would have been seen widely, certainly within Ergil. We would have always been looking at them as our rivals. Yeah. We would have seen them as real, real top contenders. Like all clubs in Drone are dangerous, but there's sort of four or five that maybe are standing out as maybe the most likely to 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 break through. Carrick Moore were certainly right up there. So to see them picked off by Eden Dork. And again, Eden Dork, strange team, like tough for them during the league because they do lose out quite a few in terms of county players. But when they get them back, they do tend to be a force to be reckoned with. Difficult to beat. They have been building for several years. You wouldn't be expecting them or they wouldn't have been the first name off the tip of the tongue when you were mentioning potential winners. But we have seen like Dungannon whenever they came through and Trillick whenever they came through initially, they weren't expected as well. Uh, and they came through, and suddenly then they're 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 bona fide contenders now. Really, every year for the past several years, Eden Dork, you would not write them off going on a similar journey. They've Trillick in the next round. That's going to be a a real real battle. Trillick having lost Matty Donnelly, uh, probably just aren't at the peak of the powers that they were a couple of years ago. But they have so much know-how and craft and quality within that team, and again the management setup. They will set up, they're very, very difficult to break down. But Eden Dork's going to have some wind in their sails after that win they, over Carrick Moore. So again, that's yeah. a, that's a tough one to call. <laughs> tough one to call. Ed, no better man to call it. I'm actually having to go to call it now. I'm running out of time here. Joe Dex is looking at me. And the phenomenal, I'd love to talk to you more about that, particularly about the amount of money put into these clubs and the fact that then mm-hmm. they're out in one game. We'll chat again if that's okay, and I would love to catch up as the championship goes on. Good chatting to you, Brent. Top man in the beginning there, of course. Uh, Tyrone, legend that he is. Great to catch up with him in the deal debate. I want to thank Joe for producing here. My guests, John Gilday and Brenda Kilcoyne. Stay tuned for the next Monday night sessions. I'll speak to you all next week.